13 minutes it is after 8 p.m. It's our SMME exchange here on Metro FM Talk. And uh, this evening, uh, shift our attention to some of the legal uh, dimensions of running a small and medium-sized enterprises that uh, many an entrepreneur should be paying attention to. And this evening, we ask ourselves, what are, what are some of the common legal challenges that face small businesses and what are the best ways to resolve them? I think many people uh, listening into this who, uh, who have run a business would think about the contracts they have to sign with employees or with their suppliers and uh, with uh, some of their clients as well. And in many instances, uh, many of us are unable to have lawyers on retainer. So the big question is what would be the best way for small businesses to make sure that uh, their legal and compliance matters are up to date uh, without necessarily breaking the bank. And Maushami Chetty, CEO at uh, Aria Legal, joins me now on the line. Maushami, good evening to you and welcome. Hi, Ayabonga. Thank you. It's Moshami, by the way. Moshimi, thank you, That's thank right. you, uh, uh, thank you so much for joining us, Moshimi. Uh, and maybe I guess a good starting point might be, what do you see, Moshimi, as the uh, I guess legal touch points or interface points um, in how a small business is run? I mean, w- one would argue that even the the act of registering your business is a legal process, and there's certainly many other obligations that follow that. So let's maybe start off there. Where would somebody need some form of I guess, legal expertise or or to undertake certain legal tasks just in the day-to-day running of a business? Sure. So when it comes to the law, I always tell entrepreneurs that you don't know what you don't know. So, you know, an entrepreneur might have a certain layperson's understanding that I need a specific thing, I need a shareholder's agreement, or I'm entering into an agreement with someone and I need to protect myself, but mostly because the law has been made so complex there are all of these blind spots and risks that they are unaware of. So as you correctly pointed out, one of the first things that you do is make a decision about, do I register a business? So one of the very first things that you need to consider, I think, when you're starting any kind of business is what is my business form? So do I register P2I LTD? Is that necessary? What are the pitfalls or the plus points of of running a P2I? Should I run as a sole uh, prop? So those are some of the questions that I think you need to ask yourself up front. But it's also a really good idea to get almost a risk assessment up front. So even if you don't do all of the the work, because let's face it, doing legal work for most uh, people is quite unaffordable. And I guess when when people start thinking about starting a business, you've got a limited pool of cash and you're trying to think about spending it in places that you grow your business. And law never seems like something that really adds to your bottom line. It's almost like a grudge purchase. So there are sure, many sure. platforms and lawyers who offer risk assessments at no cost so that you can have an idea at least what are the gaps, what are the potential risks so that you can plan for it in the future. Mm. What are some of the common mistakes you've come across? I mean, uh, one would think that, you know, uh, just to the point you were raising, that some entrepreneurs might not see an investment in legal and compliance as a productive one in the sense that it brings in you know, further rounds of money. But uh, I guess uh, some of the mistakes can be, can be very, very costly. I guess some of the most common mistakes that I see is not having a shareholder's agreement in place or not, not having some kind of agreement in place which governs your partnership or the relationship between co-founders. So co-founder or shareholder fights are probably one of the ways in which businesses lose most value. And it's almost like a divorce. Like I have seen, you know, most lawyers don't want to be in divorce law, 
But as someone who does company law, I've seen shareholder disputes make grown men cry because it's like a divorce, but there are just a lot more children involved and a lot more value involved. So if you enter into any kind of partnership, it's very important that you get that clear from the start. Um, Another common error that I see is people not understanding the difference between a shareholder and a director. So often if you start a business, you might have seven friends coming together. And then I later on see that all seven of them have been added as directors, even though only two of them were going to be operationally involved. So a shareholder is effectively an owner of the business. They don't get involved in the day-to-day running of the business. They only make really big, important decisions, or they sit in an AGM once a year. So you might want to start a business with seven of your friends and get you know, 20,000 rand from each of them as startup capital. But if you add each one of them as directors, you're going to slow your decision-making down. And if people aren't involved in the day-to-day running of the business, you're still going to get, have to get their permission. And you just often see businesses which are stymied because they, are, they have these deadweight directors. Mm, um, mm. I guess the other problem I see is people starting to trade without having a contract in place. And obviously, sure. if you don't have a contract in place, then you have no clear idea about the deliverables or the rights and responsibilities between the parties. And that's always going to end up in a dispute. Mm-hmm. And, and you know, I guess, uh, Moshami, the, the other story is uh, potentially some of the things that uh, people could do uh, to just make sure they have all of the bases in place. I mean, I, I've certainly found, I guess, legal templates uh, something very, very helpful to work through, uh, just to get the process going, and you can certainly get a, an additional eye uh, to help you out uh, just on the nitty-gritty. Well, what do you make of that? And I guess the, its utility and use, uh, certainly for small businesses who might not have the time uh, to have uh, extensive consultation with uh, lawyers like yourself. So, you know, in the past, we didn't have a range of options available, and certainly lawyers weren't trying to design their businesses to cater to the little guy. You know, every lawyer was trying to be on the panel of a big bank and to charge as much as possible. But there's been real changes in the last 10 to 15 years in what we call new law, which is almost like a reaction to the old school way of doing law. And we've gone, we've moved, and many people like my business don't work necessarily on an hourly rate, but on a fixed fee basis. So you could get a much, there are many lawyers out there who are designed for small businesses. So you could certainly get some of your services delivered at a affordable and fixed cost. So you're not, um, most businesses want to be able to budget for something. So you're able to know upfront what you're paying and what you're getting versus an hourly rate where, you know, a person can tell you it's going to take five hours and then you get a bowl for mm. 10 hours. Yeah, um, yeah. Moshami, yes. Moshami, I want us to pause here for a second, uh, just briefly. We need to take a quick spot break. When we come back, uh, I want you to unpack, I guess, uh, you know, if I've budgeted and I've said I can only pay a grand, uh, what does that look like, I guess, in terms of uh, the support package that uh, you would be able to provide to SMMEs? Because I think for many who are listening in, uh, we're probably wanting to get a sense of what does that sort of package of support look like um, that uh, they can maybe attach to a specific budgetary amount every single month. 20 minutes it is after 8 p.m. We're going to take a brief break. It's our SMME exchange, and we'll continue with Moshami Chetty after this.
21 minutes it is after 8 p.m. It's our SMME exchange here on Metro FM Talk. And I'm joined by Moshami Chetty, CEO of uh, ARIA Legal. And uh, we're talking about uh, SMMEs and uh, all of the legal matters and uh, concerns uh, that uh, one would should uh, certainly concern themselves with. And uh, Moshami, you were still talking about, I guess, how uh, you know the provision of legal services has changed in a manner uh, that is uh, able to appeal, I guess, to, to the needs and also to the pockets of uh, many of the smaller players. T- talk to us about, I guess, what, what that suite of support packages looks like sure. uh, that uh, so, you've often, I guess, given to smaller guys. So you get services like mine where, of course, you're always limited by the fact that you've got, you're dealing with real people with salaries, etc. And so the cost for personalized services, always going to be slightly higher, but it's definitely much lower than the big boys. And so there you're looking at fees of under 5,000 rand, you know, per deliverable. But there are even better alternative services available for small businesses, which allow a mix of do-it-yourself with access to legal services. So, for example, I'm a founder of a legal tech startup called Clever Contracts, but there are many legal tech startups that are similar to this, which offer Mm. automated contract creation. So it's a little bit better than the template that you mentioned, because getting a template off the internet, um, you know, I've seen, and I'm sure, Ayabonga, you've had this experience trying to read a legal document. Your eyes just start swimming, (laughs) and you're not sure where to start and where to begin. Um, So templates are a little bit difficult because, one, you don't know how up-to-date it is, if it's relevant to South African law, or where to start. Um, But automated contract creation allows you to create a contract online which is managed on the back end by South African lawyers. So you know that it's always up-to-date with the latest law. And you're filling out almost like a form, so you don't have to read the nitty-gritty of each line, but you're being asked all the pertinent questions. And those kinds of services are definitely available for under 500 rand per document, or you even get subscriptions for even lower. And then you can mm. always have the option, if you need the addition of a service, to call a lawyer, then you get, you get the ability to speak to a lawyer to review that document that you've created for yourself. So there really are so many options available to smaller businesses where they can really affordably risk manage themselves. Yeah, yeah. And I, I like the point you're making there towards the end, because it's also about managing risks, even the ones that you might not necessarily foresee. Um, uh, you certainly don't want to be spending uh, you know, all of your time out at the CCMA or somewhere uh, if uh, you work in a heavily regulated sector where you have to, uh, I guess, be dealing with penalties and all manner of other things. Um, and I guess in a sense, just like insurance, it, it's probably a service uh, that's seldom bought but uh, always sold, but uh, probably the kind of thing you need as, any, as a critical part of uh, the risk management strategy of any small business. Absolutely, and that's why I say getting a risk assessment up front. And there certainly are businesses that offer that free online. Or, for example, my business, I offer a 15-minute health check for your business to ascertain what you need. Um, Getting that up front, just so that you can have it on file and you understand the full scope of your potential risks as tailored for your business, as you say, per your sector, what your compliance might be. There are some businesses and other risks Um, that I might highlight that businesses often fall into is not being clear about who owns the intellectual property or building a business that's intellectual property heavy, but not really owning that. So I'll give you a simple example. If you use any third-party contractors to develop an app for you or to do your code, 
even if you have paid for that, in terms of our Copyright Act, that copyright in the code still belongs to them. So, you know, many, Hmm. many businesses have big gaps that they only realize when they're raising funds or they're selling part of the business. I don't actually own that IP. So please do take advantage all the small businesses out of there of risk assessment or free risk assessments that are available online or through businesses like myself. Yeah, yeah. And and you mentioned a very important point there because I guess, you know, we're in the age of uh, businesses where, where a lot of people, even from the start, are already thinking about the exit. Um, so how do I sort of uh, cash out my position in the business, make some money? Um, so so it, rather than sort of operating a business over a long period, people see it as something whose value you want to grow in a short period of time and be able, you know, to uh, uh, exit your position in that business. Um it's probably not anything you can do without some form of, uh, I guess, a clear legal framework within which to do that. It absolutely, you know, you're, you're spot on. It really depends on what your aim is or your trajectory for the business is. So if you definitely see that you want to invest in this business, investing in legal is really quite important. You know, many of us bootstrap, and I've been there, I've started a number of businesses before this. You bootstrap and you cut corners and you take chances and often you don't really spend on legal, but getting an idea of what, how you build a business towards your exit strategy is quite key in terms of how you structure the business, what kind of entity you use to set the business up, what types of shares you have, how you issue those shares and what rights they hold to different shareholders, um, whether you set aside an option pool for your employees or not, um, what you're doing with your IP and making sure that you've got assignments of your IP from everyone who's worked on the project. Do you want to allow people to use open source um, code, Mm -hmm. for example? There are so many considerations in terms of building your business from the beginning for your clear exit strategy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Moshumi, I guess the, you know, the, the, um, Moshami, sorry. Uh, I guess the the last question that I have on my end is, is, is potentially you know, how um, many of the smaller businesses who are just starting out, uh, whether or not potentially there could be, I guess, a pooling and a sharing of these type of services. I mean, I would think that if, um, you know, businesses are at the similar stage of development in sectors that are comparably similar, uh, that uh, there might be some scope of being able, I guess, to sort of crowd in some of these services and share them uh, on that kind of basis. Is that something the industry has, uh, I guess, uh, moved towards? Or is that something that is potentially not possible because everybody ha- would have their own unique needs assessment. I think it's a little bit, it's an interesting proposition. And because I'm an entrepreneur myself and I love to innovate, I'll never say no straight out. That's an interesting thing that I've never thought about before. Um, it's a, it's, my gut feeling is it's a bit tough to do because whilst you can, um, I guess, sort of boil down and package and turn into packages what every business needs. Those businesses do need a level of assessment of what their risk is for their business and a level of customization. So I do do a lot of work with incubators and accelerators, et cetera, who offer a certain amount of legal training and certain packages that we offer to their businesses. You can always, you know, like on our platform, you have verticals, so you would have to make it easier for a business to understand, in fact, if I'm in fashion, these are the documents I need. If I'm in um, 
merchandising, retail, mm. these are the documents I need. Sure. So to that extent, there can be some standardization and some sort of packaging to make it clear to a business what mm. you need. But truly crowd delivering those services, I don't think would do justice to the risk management that each sure. individual business sure. needs. Okay. We're going to have to leave it there, Moshami. A real pleasure catching up with you and uh, certainly a big thank you to you for sharing all of your insight, I guess, into the legal dimensions of operating a business. And I think the big word I'd certainly take from today is, is the critical role of legal and compliance matters in, in a broader risk management strategy uh, because uh, I think COVID-19 has shown us that even for the small and micro guys, uh, there are a lot of risks in the water. But thank you very much, Moshami Chetty, CEO of Aria Legal. That's our SMME exchange. We'll uh, take a brief break now. When we come back, 